Hi, you're listening to The Home Hour. This is the show where we talk about family, food, parenting, managing a home, and everything that goes on inside your four walls. I'm your host, Megan Francis, mama five, and creator of The Happiest Home Blog. I'm glad you're here. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 63 of The Home Hour. Really excited to be back. I know that I've had over a month-long hiatus um, from this show. I do want to remind you that if you have been having, you know, some some separation anxiety from the home hour, you can always go check out the mom hour that I co-host with Sarah Powers. We talk about motherhood and parenting and family life there. So there's a lot of crossover and Sarah is very organized and has been great about keeping me on a weekly schedule. So we recorded weekly, I think all summer long. Um, There's a nice backlog there of episodes, most of which are pretty evergreen. So you can listen to them whenever and go back and binge listen if you want to. But I'm really excited to be back with a new episode of The Home Hour, and I am coming back um, to doing some more interviews again. For a while, I've been really kind of focusing on discussions with people that, um, you know, the same kind of co-hosts that I've had on, Jim Lynn, Karen Walrand, Karen Pittman, my sister, Kathleen. Um, You know, I've really been kind of focusing in on those conversations, but I also want to get back into doing some more interviews with authors and other interesting people. And so today I'm talking with Alana Shernilla. Alana is the author of the book, The Homemade Pantry, and a new book coming out called The Homemade Kitchen. It is a absolutely gorgeous book. It's very inspiring. She's got a really balanced and common sense approach to cooking family meals and getting dinner on the table and just enjoying the kitchen and what you can create there and not taking it so seriously and and being a perfectionist about it. So we have a really great conversation. Um, She's about to go into her book tour, so she's going to be on the road for a while traveling around the United States. Maybe you'll see her. Um, And we just kind of talked about cooking and her favorite recipes and family life and making time for the kitchen and making time to learn and practice cooking and letting go of perfection and all kinds of great stuff like that. So here is my conversation with Alana Shanella. Hey, Alana. So nice to talk to you today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this. We were just laughing before we started to record because I think we've been Facebook friends for like a year or more now. Well, I've been a fan of yours for ages. So whether or not you've been aware. No, I had no idea. I thought I was your fan first. Isn't it nice when it works out that way? That's great. Yeah, we talked about, um, about your book, The Homemade Pantry, which has been out for how long now? Came out in 2012. 2012. Okay. Yeah. And now you've got this new book coming out called The Homemade Kitchen, which is coming out in October. Yes. Really I'm assuming so. it can be pre-ordered now. On all the normal channels. Yes. On all the normal channels. And if you, you know, you want to just kind of find, I'm sure you've got links at your site, which is eating from the ground up. I do. Yeah, I do. Okay, great. Um, So we're going to talk today about this book, which is, first of all, incredibly gorgeous and will make you very hungry. Um yes. But also just kind of how it looks in your house. You've got uh, two daughters, right, who are 10 and 12. Uh-huh. And so you're kind of in that phase right now where they can be a little bit helpful, um, but maybe not quite as helpful <laughs> as you would like at times. And I know my almost 10-year-old can sometimes be a huge pain when I'm trying to cook because he just wants to hover around me and, and say, like, mom, 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 over yeah. and over. Um, but you didn't start. I mean, when you started, you – you know, cooking for a family, you had little children. And I so did. I want to I want to kind of back up and talk about how this became something that you decided to focus on as a writer. And um, it, it was cooking always part of your life when you were you know, growing up, or as a you know younger wife, or whatever. Or is this something that you kind of grew into when you had children and started trying to feed them? 
Well, you know, cooking is always sort of, I mean, it's, it's part of all of our lives in some way, whether or not you sort of do it or not, we all have to eat. So, um, my, the way that I, I really grew up around food, I actually, my grandparents owned a bed and breakfast when I was growing up and it was the sort of way ahead of the curve, like vegetarian whole grain bed and breakfast. And my, I was raised by a single mom and who, you know, needed a lot of help from her parents. And so I spent most of my weekends uh, helping my grandmother make her whole wheat date bread and all that stuff like that for breakfast. Yeah. And I really learned uh, a lot about cooking from them, but also sort of like about the how satisfying it is to feed people because mm-hmm. they were so into that, that they wanted to create their lives around it. So that was really my beginning. But then as I got older, you know, I had my standards that I could make for myself, but I really didn't start cooking until my kids were little. And I think that happens for a lot of people. It's like you have a family and you've got to eat. And, you know, we didn't have tons of money, so I couldn't, we couldn't go out to restaurants every day or anything like that. So I I had to figure it out pretty quickly. So, uh, so I really, I began, um, experimenting more and more. And actually at the same time I was working, uh, I was working at our local farmer's market, which I still do actually. And I was a writer, had been a writer sort of casually. It was something I loved to do. And I was working at the market and I started talking to people about recipes because they of course wanted to know what to do with the things I was selling them. And I started writing about those recipes so that they could go find the recipes uh, online. So I started a blog that way, just totally uh, for practical reasons and discovered that using the window of food, it it got me writing in a way that I had been wanting to write for a long time. Like it, it sort of opened it up for me and, and became really easy to write and to think about parenting and, you know, and, and marriage and all these sort of things that were new in my life. And I was, I was young, I was 23 when I got pregnant with my older daughter. So it sort of helped me kind of figure my way out through adulthood in that way. And that's really how I got started as a food writer. It was, it was very, I sort of really fell into it that way. Wow. So that's, it's funny because that's the classic story you hear about someone who really just started a blog because they loved something and wanted to write about it for their family or friends or neighbors or whoever, and then grew into this whole bigger thing. And I totally agree that food is a perfect sort of peg um, or, yeah. or window for which to write about all of these other things where home and family and motherhood and everything else intersect um, because we all have to eat, like you say in the book a million times. And right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, what I love about it is, and, and I'm just going to kind of describe a little bit about the book um, and then we can kind of get into different parts of it a little more, but I love how reassuring your tone always is. And you'll be the first person to admit that um, your, you know, your food isn't always perfect. It isn't always perfectly healthy. Um, your shopping habits may change depending on how much time you have this week or how much you've got in the budget. Um, and, you know, what you make in, a, in an average week isn't always going to look like these gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous pictures in this book. <laughs> yeah, I didn't um, make any of that stuff. Uh, yeah. But I also <laughs> love how, I love how you've got in here both the total basics, like, I mean, I think you've got a section on, I want to say, well, it's called Be a Beginner. Uh-huh. You talk about how to cook eggs. Right. <laughs> because that's something that a lot of people know how to do. Sometimes, you know, you know how to do the one that you know how to do. Like, you know yeah. how to scramble or you know how to do it over medium or whatever. But that does, you know, sometimes there's so much room just to like delve into these basics. But then you've also got cool stuff in here, like how to make cultured butter. So it's like there's a there's a nice balance between play 
And this is the stuff you need to know to crank out a meal. Oh, thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad you, you feel that way. That was my hope was to sort of, you know, I, I wanted to write a book about why I feel like it's worth it to make food in the first place. And I think like answering that question, you have to touch on those basics and also the things that are so fun to create. So that, that's why there's such a wide variation of recipes in there. What did you have a favorite? Of the recipes? Yeah. I know it's a big question. Oh, well, honestly, I think my favorite recipe in the whole book is actually in, it's in the chapter called Eat Outside, which is a lot of picnic food. And it's a salad of fresh corn and nectarines and lime and basil. Mm. And that's all it is. It's, it's, it takes really like three minutes to make it. And it's really only good for a certain time in the year when the nectarines are good, the corn is good, there's, you know, there's basil, but it's so easy and so delicious. And and I think it's kind of a revelation, or at least it was for me that corn is so good raw. Right. <laughs> and that oh, you can yeah. mix it with fruit. <laughs> it was like, right. So when, when that combination came together and I, you know, it was, it was, it was just like, uh, it, it was a, whoa, like, wow, right. this is amazing. And I can make it so quickly. And I often make it for parties and people always want the recipe. So I think that might be my favorite recipe. Although it's kind of like choosing, you know, which of my favorite children. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It depends on the day, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and their mood. <laughs> their mood. Exactly. Yeah. It's so funny. Those, those unexpected sort of combinations, um, like corn with the fruit or, um, a lot of restaurants I've been going to lately are serving watermelon with goat cheese. I mean, I just yeah. have noticed this kind of becoming a thing. And I, the first time I encountered that on a, on a menu, I thought, oh, that's so weird. I didn't even want to try it, right. really. And then I did, and it totally works. But it's one of those things that it just didn't sound right to me. And it was a little bit revolutionary um, that this sort of mild, sweet thing could taste, you know, juicy thing would taste right with something tangy and sharp. And Yeah, and it's, 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 just, yeah. It's, you have to be brave to put flavors together. But when they work, it, it's always a reward. It's great. And, you know, when they don't work, it's not that big of a deal. No, you just, you know, you eat it anyway, or you just toss it in the compost. Right. So tell me how your, your process of getting dinner on the table has evolved from when you had these little children and were kind of a novice in cooking in a broader way and to now, like, is it completely different? Are you way more experimental now than you were? Is your kitchen, you know, does it run like a well-oiled machine? Or I think you said oh, you're a very no. messy cook and a slow <laughs> <Yeah>. chopper. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm, you know... It's funny, I think, you know, I start the introduction of this book by sort of inviting people to kind of talk about like who we really are in the kitchen. And because I felt like I had to do that myself, you know, I, over these past years, since I've really become a food writer and a cookbook author, you know, I cook on TV, I, you know, I do all that stuff, but, um, you know, I am a mess in the kitchen and I'm getting better. You know, I, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm improving hopefully as a human being and, and as a cook, as I get older is my hope. But, but I, you know, I just sort of, am like a hurricane in the kitchen. And especially when people come over to eat, I'm, you know, they, people who know me, they, they just know how it's going to go. I have this couch in my kitchen and they sit down on the couch and I give them a drink and then they just watch me while I like just fill the whole kitchen with dishes. So, um, so that, that's my natural state, but I'm definitely getting better. But, you know, I, I think as I've gotten, I am a better cook than I was 10 years ago, which is, which is nice. It's nice to feel like, you know, I can think, um, oh, I want to eat this tonight. And I know what to do, which right. is something I've, you know, it just comes and I look forward to 
hopefully becoming a better cook in the next 10 years and the next 10 years after that. So it's sort of, it feels like a lifelong process to get more comfortable creating the taste that I want. And, and, you know, my kids also do, they contribute to the process in interesting ways because my older daughter, who's 12, she actually loves to cook. And on, it doesn't always happen because the schedule gets a little crazy, you know, and during the school year, but when, when she can, she makes dinner all by herself. Mm. So watching her cook and watching her sort of move through that process has taught me a lot about cooking and about sort of patience with myself and creating what I want and, and not getting attached to perfection because she, she's really good at that. And, you know, sometimes it can take her four hours to make dinner because mm. she gets a little spacey and, yep. you know, and, and she sort of takes it on as an after school activity. She'll, she'll do it on a day when there's nothing else to do and she doesn't have homework to do. And she'll just, I give her the kitchen and I walk away and she just enjoys every moment of the process and we eat dinner at eight thirty. So that's, <laughs> that's how it works. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's constantly evolving. And I, I think, um, oddly enough, as I've become someone who works in food, I think I've been able to become less attached to the end product and to recognize that if it feeds us, it's good enough. Um, and I, and I've just, I think I've managed to get a little less judgy of myself over the years, yeah. um, which I, I hope will happen more. Yeah. I, I love that idea of your daughter taking four hours to make dinner because sometimes I take four hours to make dinner. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm like, I'm ex- an extremely slow prepper and I lose track of where I am. Yeah. And it's always funny to me when I talk to people who insist that they can't cook or that, that they're terrible cooks. And I want to be like, I no, I'm a terrible cook. <laughs> you should come over and watch me cook. I'm terrible. But, but you the, do it. Yeah. But the only thing that's made me any better is, is practicing because cooking isn't just something you're born, you know, you just don't magically shoot food out of your hands. It's like you have to, you know, actually get in there. And the first time I roasted a chicken, I was terrified. I had never cooked a whole chicken in my life. And it's, you know, I'd cooked breasts and occasionally like drumsticks and thighs or whatever, but I had never taken a whole chicken and just like cooked it. And I was so afraid. And then I did it and thought, huh, well, that was ridiculously easy. I can't believe I haven't been doing that the whole time. And then by like the fifth time, I didn't need to obsessively consult the recipe anymore. Right. Like I, I do that. I tend to do that the first like four or five times I make something. It's like the every move I make, I have to go back and make sure I'm doing it right. And then I get to the fifth or sixth time and I start to wing it. And that's where the beauty is, right? That's where the magic happens. And that's when it becomes your roast chicken. Right. You know, like you create it. And, and it, then you become someone who makes roast chicken. Like, oh, I've like... I'm sure people come over to your house and like, oh, are you going to make that great roast yeah. chicken? You know? And I'm just laughing to myself like, ha ha ha, if they only knew how easy it really is. Right. It's so simple. But it wasn't, the, the first time I did it, it wasn't easy at all. Not because the process was hard, but because of all the mental hoops I had to yep. jump through to get there. And I couldn't make it one of those 30 minute meal nights. I mean, it won't kick in that, in that short of a time anyway, but it had to be a night where I was willing to just be uncomfortable and take some time being uncomfortable. And I think it, that's so know. important to be willing to do that. I mean, that's, and that's why these sort of beginner skills, like I have to keep reminding myself how important they are. Cause it might be something you know how to do, but someone else doesn't know how to do. And, you know, it's, um, it's like when I learned how to really poach an egg, like that came later to really be able to poach an egg. And now I can do it and I don't think about it and I love poaching eggs, but it was sort of this, 
uncomfortable process of like, how does this white come together? And what am I supposed to do? And how does the swirl work? And, you know, but then once you can do it, you can put a poached egg on your soup and on your carbonara and all sorts of wonderful things. And it becomes this skill that becomes yours and is part of your sort of arsenal. And I, I think it's just good to always be sort of thinking of ourselves as beginners and what else can we learn in order to sort of build that and build our build the way you know we feel comfortable in the kitchen but it does take so much you have to be willing to be awkward first right yes and to make a lot of mistakes and yeah and be slow sometimes and I you know I think the slowness part of it it's so hard because we live in a time in a culture where the idea is that we need to be doing this as fast as possible and you know and ideally spending no more than 30 minutes or whatever on getting dinner on the table because we have this idea that we don't have time for anything else. Right. But I remember watching, um, I watched a lot of cooking shows when I was a, you know, a younger mom mm-hmm. didn't really cook so much because I would watch the shows and be freaked out <laughs> because the people, you know, the cook or the host, whatever was literally running around the kitchen and most things are pre-portioned and so it wasn't really truly reflective of what my kitchen looked like. My mind didn't stay clean like that. And also there was no way I could run around my kitchen with a toddler underfoot or a baby right. strapped to my back. It just didn't just didn't make and, any sense to me. And you don't have an assistant handing you pre-chopped uh, onions in a bowl. <laughs> yes. You know, I've done a very um, – I'm, I'm nothing on like on the level you have, but I've done some food um, some food programming like video and stuff. Uh-huh. And it, it's nothing like – I mean, what you're seeing is fiction. Yeah, it's absolutely. absolutely. It's fun and it's aspirational and I enjoy it still, but you can't base your kitchen experience on what you're seeing people do on TV <laughs> or even on yeah. YouTube. And and it's funny because I even, I actually just, um, I just spent a week shooting a class that's going to be online and, and I, and it was really fun and I had a great time, but I, I was thinking about that constantly, like how different, you know, it was nice to be able to have the space to be able to explain what I was doing and teach what I was doing, but how different it was than really what it's like to watch me cook because all these little bowls of things that someone was being so kind to hand to me on camera, it was just so different. And time really is one of those things that I think people get, you know, they get discouraged because Mm -hmm. I know a few people who are really fast in the kitchen and they're, they're all people who have worked in, in restaurant kitchens for years and it's been drilled into them and they have this kind of intense uh, habit of just cleaning and chopping and cleaning and chopping. And most people who cook at home, they go slowly because their timing, you know, there's always kids who need something Mm -hmm. and maybe they just chop slow and, and, and it just, that's the reality of what it looks like to cook. And I think the hope I think is sort of not to say, well, I wish I could do this in 30 minutes, but to say, well, how can I enjoy the time when I'm here? Like, how do I make this something that I want to do? Because I have to do it. So let's like, let's make it fun. Let's yeah, make it good. <laughs> I love that. And, and I, I think that that's where, you know, what I love so much about your balance between, like I said before, the fun and the, and the skill, the skill building isn't always fun. It's necessary. And but then there's something, there's always some way to add just that little bit of pleasure, whatever that is for you, whether yeah. it's, you know, making sure that every meal includes um, sautéing garlic, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because that makes every meal I make that much better. If I just start I with garlic, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, and I also, there's another place in the book where I noticed you, um, 
you said something about, you know, always you were always wanting to discourage snacking because you would say it would, you know, ruin the meal, but then it made everything more stressful because you didn't know if you could actually crank the meal out in time, that people wouldn't be grumpy. And when you finally just gave up and said, yeah, go ahead and have a, have a snack. It's not the end of the world, right. you know, and voila, the dinner still gets eaten in some way. And if not, there's more leftovers. Yeah, exactly. All these, all these sort of ways that I think the kitchen often inspires us to say no, like, mm-hmm. no, don't eat dinner, you know, and that's, that's a big one. I think a lot of people are just like, really don't want people to ruin their appetite before dinner. But you don't realize that, you know, if it takes you a little while to make dinner, you're just creating a lot of grumpy people stomping right. around. The house. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. That and adding more stress time. for yourself as well. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. And um, we're very, you know, I like to think dinner is going to be on the table around 630 every night. But honestly, sometimes I just I don't even know what happens. Like I just it just doesn't come together until oh, 730 yeah. or eight. I don't I'm not even sure what went wrong in the process, but whatever it did. So we're and still everybody gonna eat. eats. It's OK. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you, I like what you said, too, about making, you know, making fun. And one of the things that I've, I kind of have kind of tried to embrace over the last couple of years, which I think has made me a lot better at getting dinner on the table most nights than I used to be, is just realizing that not every moment I spend in the kitchen is going to be actively cooking. So finding other things to be doing while I'm in there, like whether it's packing lunches for the next day or helping a kid with homework, that all is part of my kitchen time, but it's not necessarily active cooking time. It's but, true. Yeah. And I don't, I can't look at those as two completely separate things because they can't happen completely independently from each other. No, because life just isn't like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, um, and if I may point this out, because, boy, was it a great post. You just wrote something so great about attention and time. Oh, yeah. Thanks. And um, I found that to be so relevant to the way I think about the kitchen in that way. And and I think, like, sometimes, sometimes people get discouraged in the kitchen because everything takes so much time and they're, they get they, they lose their focus mm-hmm. and it's sort of, they feel like they're sort of all over. You've got like, and then you're checking your email and you're doing this and you're doing that and, and sort of confusing these issues of how much time something takes and, and how much attention, attention you're giving it. And, and I, I just was thinking about how I also use my kitchen time in that way. Like you've said, like it's, it's a space I occupy for several hours in the, in the later part of the day. And that each thing I do, I try to give my full attention. Mm. So it's like, I'm making dinner and I'm, I'm going to really like think about what I'm doing and not get distracted while I'm doing that. But then if I need to help my daughter with her homework in the middle of that, I'm going to switch my attention to that and Mm -hmm. focus, focus on her for a little while, instead of like thinking about it as the sort of, you know, calculus of the of the right. numbers of, of everything I'm doing and how it's all happening so slowly. Well, you, so, and you, you can't see the family as a distraction from the cooking because no. the family is the whole point exactly. that you're doing the cooking <laughs> in the first place. So, but there are those pockets of time. Again, with practice, I think you just get better at realizing when you can, sh- when you can truly shift your attention and when you'll feel rushed. You know, yeah. like when is the moment where I can actually go sit down with my daughter and help her with her homework? Um, Rather than, ugh, okay, yeah, what do you need? You know, let me help you really right. quick, but I got to get back to this. Exactly. And sort of, and making a decision about like what you're going to accomplish and, and 
and giving it giving it the space and the time to make it happen i think like yeah. it's just really it's just important i think we hold ourselves up to a crazy standard often or at least i do i'm not sure about if if you do that sometimes oh, yes. that you know like that we should be able to get it all done and make it all happen and there's just it it's a lot you know yeah. life is all over the place it is and that actually brings me to something i wanted to address with you is because now you have a 10 and a 12 year old and i will say I felt like my older two sons are not particularly um, athletic. They've just never really been into that many sports. Mm-hmm. My younger two, who are now 11 and 9, who will be 10 and 12 this um, this fall, are suddenly both into several sports. And I never really had to compete with outside activities that much, and I kind of made a point of not doing that um, for much of my parenting life and really yeah. kind of held, you know, kind of kept that time really sacred. And then this year I kind of faced – a choice where, well, they both, one wants to do football, one wants to do baseball. I'm not really into sports. It would be very easy for me to downplay that, but it's important to them. So I want to make room for it. But at the same time, now it's making my fall evenings much more. And I really love nesting in the fall. This is the time mm-hmm. where I want to be cooking and I want to be hanging out in the kitchen. You know, not, it's still kind of warm here, but you know, definitely in the next few weeks. And I'm finding that my evenings are getting a little choppy. And I don't yeah. know if you're encountering that yet or with yeah. your particular kids. You know, my kids are a little, um, they're, they're drawn to the arts more mm-hmm. than athletics. And I don't know if that's, I, I, I'm not, I'm not very sporty myself, but yeah. I'm always That would make it to... easier on me too, but not necessarily yeah. any more convenient. <laughs> yeah. Know? So we have like chorus and yeah. dance class and, and it's interesting because it's when it's sort of like the no and the snacking is that, you know, in my life as a parent, it's always been my default to be like, no, not too many activities. Right. Like, you know, you're, you have enough to do at school and the day is long enough. And my husband's actually, he's a teacher and my kids go to school with him. So their day is even a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, I'm just like, it's enough, it's enough. You know, we don't need to do it. And I've been trying to say yes, really to everything that they're looking for that I'm able to help them find. Um, because as they're sort of coming closer to their teens, I just feel like, like, yes, like you want to do that? Yes. Let's yeah. go for it. So I'm trying, you know, unless there's some sort of barrier. Um, and I think, you know, one thing for me is I've just had to let go of this feeling like it's dinner time that makes everything right. Yeah. Because, you know, and it, it's funny, I, I've been thinking lately about this whole, this whole sort of movement about that everybody needs to sit at the dinner table with their family and how, you know, there's a lot of judginess around that these days. And, and I think that everybody has a different way of making it work. Mm -hmm. And it's important to recognize that like, we find time to be together as a family. And sometimes like, sometimes I'm ordering a pizza Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, they're shoving a piece in before they go to bed after they come back from rehearsal. And like, that's, okay that's so and I feel like you know maybe breakfast is when we sit down and say how's everyone feeling today or maybe we just can't do it for a few days and I I just think it's important to see that you know there's all sorts of ways of making it work and it's okay it's okay that everything gets choppy but I hear you because I'm the same way in the fall like I just want to be baking Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want everything to be sort of insular and um and but but I just but reality you know, is reality. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And yes. it's, and I love watching my kids grow and having them like sort of be so driven towards these mm-hmm. interests. Um, I think it's 
it's cool. I think they're getting, my kids are getting more cool as they get older. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I love I it. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, it brought up several, when you were talking, it brought up a few points in my head. One is, yeah, I feel like that the whole family dinner thing, you know, movement came from a good place. Yeah. I'm um, a good yeah. intention. And I think like as happens to happen to things when they get taken <laughs> over, when they become a thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, totally. this ideal becomes sort of now the expectation. And it's not really very... Pre- and so people say, well, I can't do dinner every night. And they want to throw their hands up and say, well, then screw it. We're going to eat fast food every night. And right. that just kind of throws the baby out with the bathwater. But you can't... You understand why it's happening because you can... Then there's this cultural movement to have everything look a certain way and someone feels like can't do it. There's a very natural rebellion that goes in and like wants to be the contrarian and say, well, I'm not doing it at all. So I totally... I I always hesitate to look like I'm trying to say, you know, to be too legalistic about anything or say you should do this or that. And the other thing that um, I think that I've gotten better at and I'm still working on, but as the kids, you know, get more deeply into their sports schedules and stuff, I'm kind of seeing how this works. Like family dinner doesn't have to mean all seven members of my family sit down to eat for an hour at the same time. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes I, especially because I'm not really very good about putting dinner down at the exact pinpoint time like that I meant to just sounds like sounds like we have a lot in common there um I'll think that I'm going to get dinner on the table 45 minutes before I have to go pick up one kid from some kind of practice so all of us can eat and then I'll go get the other one and then we can talk in the car and it'll work out well half the time I don't get dinner on the table until five minutes before he needs to be picked up and then I have to go get him where my husband does and that's okay you know everyone's going to eat. We have another opportunity to talk later. After school snacks, I feel like can be a great time to talk. I use that too. I call yeah. it tea time. You know, oh, I like, love that. Just sit down for a minute. I right. mean, even if it's just you and one of your kids, like right. sit down and check in, you know, and yeah. it, what I just, I think that, you know, with this whole idea of perfection and making things work and, you know, and Instagram. Yes. I can throw in a whole bunch of words there, but I think you know what I mean. It's like, you know, the sort of ideas of how we all should be living. Um, you know, I always try to think about like, what are my priorities and like, what's important to me and what do I want to work on? And it's not going to look like anybody else's dinner table or mm-hmm. kitchen. Like we're, we're all so unique. And so I try to just, you know, keep my eyes on my own paper. Like, yeah, what do I want here? And what I want is for my kids to feel like happy and relaxed with their time with me and that they can talk to me and that mm-hmm. they feel like they have a good grounded, safe space at home. Like that's all I want. So yeah, yeah. whatever makes that happen is, is good for me. Yeah. 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 I also think it's a little easier when they do start to get older. Um, I, I don't regret having kept things to a minimum when they were little. Yeah. Because that would have required so much more hands-on, you know, involvement from me, um, from everything from signing up to the volunteering that has to go on when they're little to staying sometimes for the activity to, you know, everything else. And now with the 10, you know, almost 10 and 12-year-olds, they really can manage a lot of that themselves. They can um, arrange for rides a lot of the time. You know, I don't have a lot yeah. of other mom friends. Um in town is just because I'm, I, it's so funny cause I'm an extrovert, but I really am a homebody. And so when I don't, I'm not out mingling a lot, right. but I've kind of <laughs> honed in on who those moms are that I know that I can say, Hey, can you do the pickup and I'll do the drop off. And that makes it so easy. It's just a yeah. text, you know, they don't have to be my best friend. We've just got an arrangement and it works out. So it does get easier the older they get, I think to kind of balance that. 
It does. I actually, I have a bunch of friends who have really small children right now because I'm in, I'm 36. So this mm-hmm. is like kind of the moment, like we started early, but this right. is the moment where a lot of my friends are like, ah, time to have kids. Right. So, um, so I'm sort of watching so many of my friends go through this, you know, I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old and, and, and they say, you know, how did you do this? And how did you do that? And I'm like, you know what? I don't even remember <laughs> like between 2003 and 2007, like I don't have any memories. Like I just was making it work. There was yeah. diapers. There was a lot of you know, bedtimes. And, you know, obviously I have some memories, but, you know, it's like, it's, it's so different. And all I can say is like, it, it's going to change. It's going to change really fast. And then it's life is going to be a little clearer again. Yeah. So, yep, absolutely. It's so funny. Cause, um, I, I discovered that kind of thing through my blog. So I'll go back through the blog archives, you know, and I, started it when my daughter Clara, who's six now, was about a month old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll find these posts with these pictures of her and I'm just laughing. Like there was one where I was talking about cooking with a toddler underfoot. And the stra- one of the strategies I had was to stick her on the counter and like hand her some tongs and let her give her baby a, or her doll a lobotomy with tongs. <laughs> and I'm looking one. at this picture and I'm just cracking up because I had no memory of it. None. Right. Like I was like, oh, look at my cute little kid sitting on the counter. And, you know, I had to, of course, I had to fill it with all these safety tips. Like, well, I'm never, you know, more than an arm's reach away. Right. And I feel like it's actually safer because now she's not tugging on my pants legs and tripping me and right. possibly pulling things down off the stove. If she's sitting on the counter, she's in my line of sight and also someplace where I can grab her at any moment. But it was just so funny that like, no, don't remember that. It's cute though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad I was finding a way to make it work apparently, even though I don't remember it. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, having little ones, especially when it comes to all the practical moments of what you need to do in your day, like eating and sleeping, like it's crazy. It's, you know, yeah. I do remember when I, I do remember when I started just kind of cooking, um, or started trying to learn to cook, I guess, was when I did have a a small, two small children. I think I had a two year old and a a newborn. And when my husband came home, I would just hand them off and kind of be like, Oh, make this big deal about how I got to get dinner on the table. But actually I just couldn't wait for not to be holding them. Right. (laughs) I couldn't wait for yourself. Yes. I couldn't (laughs) wait for them to be, you know, in some other part of the house so that I could do something that felt productive and adult and enjoyable and some in some way pleasurable to me and not just about wiping butts. So yeah, there, I there think that, that was really where I was coming from too. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So you've got now, you've got the book um, coming out very soon. What else are you working on these days? Well, um, I, the book has been pretty all encompassing. I'm um, sure. Yeah. I, I, uh, and and so I'm now I'm working on, you know, I'm doing a lot of teaching these days, which okay. has been really fun. I'm doing, um, I just actually shot an online class for Craftsy, um, which will be coming oh, cool. out later. And, but I've also been doing a lot of in-person teaching and, um, I do a lot of cheese making, which okay. I love because I do like really basic home dairy and, and I teach those classes maybe. And you've got a few of those up. recipes in the book, which I'm really I excited do, about. Yeah. And I'm just so, I'm so drawn to the magic of it because Mm -hmm. they're so simple and it's just, it's just like you start with one thing and another thing and then it turns into cheese. It's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) And I, I never get tired of doing that with people for the first time. Like I, I love it. So I've been doing a lot of teaching and I'm still, I'm writing and I'm, I, I'm writing, I'm working on a couple different projects and, you know, 
I always have my hands in a lot of different things as, uh, I, I would imagine that you understand that, yeah. that experience, but, um, and trying also to do a little bit of writing that's not about food because, um, I, I want to keep myself challenged and, you know, out, outside of my comfort zone a little bit. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm I, right now I'm, I'm working on a lot of different things and I'm about to be, once the book comes out, I'm actually going to be traveling for a, a while and okay. doing a lot of teaching and, um, and a lot of, I'll be away from home for about a month. And, and so I'm, I'm really getting ready for that. And I'm also just kind of getting ready for what I remember to be, um, for lack of a better word, I'd say like the spiritual work that I need to do yeah. when a book comes out, because it's so, I love creating the book. And then, and I love, I love it when it makes it out into the world. Um, but it's also, it, it's, it's a pretty, um, it feels really raw a lot to yeah. sort of have it in it's everyone's grueling. lives. Yeah. And, and also grueling. just like, like I try to just remember, like I need to, like I say, sort of in my, in one of my chapters, um, in its title, I say, you know, do your best and then let go that I need to sort of let it go out in the world and let it do what it, what it's going to do. So yeah. um, that's really what I'm getting ready for right now. And I'm excited and I'm, I'm really excited to, to send this book out in the world. I, I've been wanting to say some of these things for a long time. So I'm excited to hear what people have to say yeah. um, about them too. So, but you're right. Like for listeners who haven't, you know, witnessed the book promotion process up close. The writing <laughs> yeah. is the fun part to me, the yeah. creation. And I like, there are certain things I love about book promotion. I, I like doing TV. I like doing appearances. Like, I think that's very fun. And it, um, it kind of sparks my energy levels in a way that my day-to-day -day routine doesn't. And that's great. Yeah. But it's, there is also this feeling like you, re there's really never enough. There's always something more you could be doing yes. to promote your book. And there's yeah. always some Monday morning quarterbacking where you're saying, well, you know, what could I have done? Could I have done the release differently? Could I have timed this differently? Could I have, you know, gotten on that show instead of this one or whatever it is that would have made it this much more successful. And you can't, none of that can really be planned at all. A lot of it's luck and timing and what other news is in the, is, you know, happening at that time and, and just what your um, publisher is doing. I mean, it's like so much of it's out of your hands and that's hard. So much of it. And, and so, you know, I, and what I always try to remember is like, what I love is to just hear from people like, Hey, I made mm -hmm. this and I loved it. Or, you know, you wrote this and I want to tell you about the story that it made me think about. And so, and you know, I love the internet in that it allows me to communicate with people in that way. And also face to face when I do events. But so that's really the part that I focus on the most. Um, because it, it, for me, like I like connecting with people and that's, right why I like doing this work, but it's easy to get caught up in the, like all the craziness of book promotion. So, yes. so although it's, it's fun and it's exciting and it kind of pumps my adrenaline up to a very different pace than my usual, like mm. being a mom and writing in my pajamas every day. It's like, yep. um, it's, I'm just, I just need to get ready for it. You yeah. Know? It's, yes. Um, so that's sort of where my head is right now, but it's, wow. yeah, but, but it's true. Like you say it very well. It's, it's, um, it, I think for people who have not gone through the process, it, it's hard to wrap your head around it because it seems like such a such a glamorous thing to have a book. And out it in seems book. organized. And it, it seems organized, yeah. but it's not at all. <laughs> it's not organized because things yeah. are just coming at you last minute, and there's opportunities and dealing and with producers who seem like the most you know, like television producers seem to me like the most harried people. Oh, yeah, in well, the they world. just have to make everything happen right. all the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah. it's a lot of that very frenetic energy. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how will you make the travel work? You know, you your husband is a teacher and the girls go to his school, so that, I guess, makes it easier. Will they be with you during any of it, or will he be kind of manning the... He'll be really manning, manning the ship. And, and that's, you know, we've done that before. I just got back from um, shooting this class in, in Denver with Craftsy. So we, we, that was a practice run for the fall. And, and, you know, I have a puppy who is really like the kid who needs me the most. So she's our, she's the one who we have to figure out like, okay, who's going to take care of the dog. But um, yeah, you know, and I also, I, I, I live in a house that um, we renovated so that I could live with my parents okay. and also my sister who is 17. So we have sort of like a, a bit of a non-traditional family. Oh, so, so there's like kind seven... of some built-in buffers there. And exactly. Help, yeah. So we have a real support system, which is great. And, and, uh, so they're, they're ready. I mean, I think most of all, I just miss them when I'm away yeah. that long. And, and, you know, because I really like, being with my family, it feeds me in a, in a way that I, I, I miss when I'm away. And, um, so they they'll be okay, but I'll be the one who, who will be missing them. I think through yeah, the I process. Could, I could see that too. I can, I, I think it would be, we get a little lonely. It'd be exciting. And, you know, like yeah. you said, the adrenaline and then that's all great. And, you know, let's face it. We all like the, the idea of being able to just go to bed when we want to, or hug oh, the remote. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Sometimes like the thing I look forward to most when I travel is the fact that I will have a bed with a TV right in front of me and the remote will be in my hand, not anybody else's. And the, the funny thing is I hardly will even watch anything, but it's just the right. fact that I could, I could watch right, anything could. I want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know it was funny when I was just away, I was in Denver and I, I got like really, you know, I'd, I'd have these 12 hour shooting days and I'd get, I'd be get back and, and I had this hotel room and, and that week, um, PBS was playing the civil war series okay. and I was yeah. like, I was like. I'm going to watch the Civil War series. Like, <laughs> nobody would want to watch with me. And That's so I awesome. would do my work and I would let it play. And it was true. It was so luxurious. You know, when, when you have so many other needs to consider in the right. rest of your life, when you just don't have to think about it, it's yeah. definitely a nice break. For it is sure. a big, it is a luxury. <laughs> um, what now does your husband cook? He does. And it's funny because he, he cooks when I'm away and then I'll hear from people like, Oh, you know, I went over and, and, you know, Joey made the most amazing this or that. I'm like, yeah. He has never made that for me. <laughs> like I well, hear he makes like a really great chicken farm, oh, but, that's um, so funny. but yeah, no, he, he cooks, he's, he's definitely learning his way through the kitchen too, but there, you know, he was raised basically on Taco Bell. So, right. um, so there's a fair amount of hot dogs that go on when I'm mm-hmm. away, which is, I'm totally cool with that as long as they're eating something and, um, and you know, they, they make it work. So I'm well, and there's, they have to figure it out for themselves. Right. I mean, this is, yeah. you know, I, I feel like when I travel, although I've never been away for that long before. Um, yeah, this is the longest I will have. Yeah. I, I feel like it's not really my job to, in fact, I, I don't really even check in that much, mostly just because by the time the phone gets passed around to that many people, you know, the littlest one's upset by now. Cause she wants right. to talk to me. Now she's <laughs> mad cause I'm not home and she wasn't even thinking about me five minutes ago. You know, I feel like sometimes yeah. I just disrupt their schedule because my, on the flip side, my husband used to travel for work a lot. Um, huh? and this was harder cause I was you know, in the throes of little tiny kids and a whole bunch of them. And I would like to talk to him, but sometimes it was like, he'd call and I just get kind of resentful because it was, I had my thing that I was trying to do and I really didn't want to hear about what he was doing, you know? So I try it now. Like you had, you were managing. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of, I kind of keep that in mind now that I'm the one who tends to travel more than he does, um, that, you know, it's not always better for me to be up in his biz. And so I just kind of let him do his thing and, 
it works out. But yeah, it's, it's, I've been emailing with my kids. That's a good idea. Been really nice because we sort of write little love letters to each Aww. other and then they get to say what happened in their day. And I don't have, because I found that too, you know, when I was away just recently, like when I would call, they'd be totally in their thing, you right. know, and, and you just feel it. And, you know, and then one doesn't want to talk to me and one does and all these things. So I just, so we've been writing to each other, which has been really nice. Like, I really, I, really love that. That is sweet. Yeah. And also for writers, it's fun. I love writing long emails. And so it's a fun, it's fun to get an excuse to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love it too. (laughs) It's funny you said that about your husband cooking. Um, My husband does not usually, he's not the guy who gets dinner on the table. That's my job. Mm -hmm. But he does like to cook for parties and he'll cook, you know, every now and then he'll just decide he's, he'll get a bee in his bonnet that he's going to make some amazing dish. And I don't even know how he's such a good cook because he doesn't really do it very often, but his meals are so much better than mine. <laughs> and the funny part is that people are ranting and raving about, oh, you know, dad's the best cook or, oh, your husband's such a good cook. And I want to be like, yeah, you know, he gets all the glory. Right. Um, and but can re- we talk like, about the kitchen's wrecked, but let's talk about the other 340 days of the year, you right. know, when uh, I actually had to get something on the table. It's, just, and it's a funny dynamic. I hear about, I hear that from from a lot of women actually that their spouses are maybe better or more inspired cooks. Yeah. But just do it like it's a production. Right. So. And and I find and I I totally do not want to generalize the way men cook or women cook, no. but I have found that men sometimes like want more recognition for what uh-huh. they've done. Like, yeah. oh look what I created. Exactly. You know? And I think yeah. that sort of also pairs with the tendency of, of, of women sometimes to sort of be a little bit more like, I'll just be in the corner here, you know, like I'm just suffering in my apron, which I think it's a fair generalization, not because, you know, one gender is more likely to be that way than the other, but just because that's kind of how we're conditioned. I mean, you know, we're more like, for whatever reason, we're more likely the ones women to be getting to do the kind of the grunt work and get dinner on the table every night. And men are more likely to be able to see it as this fun hobby that they get a lot of credit for. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and people funny. tend to treat them differently. Like when men cook, it's like, whoa. You know? It's true. So, <laughs> I mean, your chicken parm might be just as unforgettable. <laughs> it's Yeah. But, you know, I want there to be things that only he makes. You right. Know? It's yeah. like, it's funny, you know, the whole stereotype about men grilling. And, yes. Um, and my husband, he grills, like he loves, and he loves to grill. And Sometimes I think, you know what, it's time for me to get super comfortable at the grill. But I'm like, you know what, I make dinner almost every night. I think I want there to be things that I'm like, hey, can you do that? I am exactly the same way. I actually made a point of learning how to use it. Just so like if he's not home and I really want to grill, I can. But I've never allowed myself to get too comfortable with it on purpose because it's like in the summer, I like that, you know, two, three nights a week, I can just hand off half the meal to him and I just kind of do the prep and stuff. It's, it's nice. And I don't, you know, that's fine. It's his domain. It can be his domain. Oh, you know, I think all these issues of sort of gender in the kitchen are, they're all things that I, I've always been really fascinated by and also being raised as a feminist and, Mm -hmm. um, and trying to raise feminists myself and, and really married to a feminist as well. So it's like, I, I feel like whenever I try to think about it, I get sort of lost in a spiral of thought. I can never really come up with what I want to say when I think about why women are doing one thing and men are doing another. But, um, but I'm always fascinated to hear the stories of how people's partnerships work and the similarities and the differences. And maybe someday I'll be able to think definitively about it. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's the thing where there's the ideal and then there's reality. And I feel like as long as there's, it is a true partnership 
and everyone has their role. You know, it's never going to be 50-50. No. In any aspect of our lives. And, you know, in our home, it happens to be that he's the one who replaces the batteries and the light bulbs and makes sure all of our computers are in working order because that's right. his strengths. And, and I'm, I tend to be more of the, the hearth and home kind of person. And maybe that's overly gendered, but I think as I don't feel put upon. And yeah, me neither. You know, and and I've, you know, we've fallen into those roles as well, you know, in some ways. And, um, and, but it, yeah, it's, it's, like I said, I've never been able to say anything really clear about it, but right. it's something I like thinking about. <laughs> well, keep, you know, keep mulling it over and maybe, I'm gonna keep, um... <laughs> yeah, maybe in a few years we can talk about it again. <laughs> maybe sometime when you're sitting in your hotel bed, it'll just pop into right. your mind and you'll have a moment to dash it off, to dash that thought off. Well, Alana, this has been a really great conversation. I want to make sure to um, direct people back to to you again. So your site is eatingfromthegroundup.com. Yes, it is. And there's all the information about the book is it is there it's too there. if people want to learn more about it. Yeah. And it is, it's going to launch October 6th. You can always do a pre-order um, if you're hearing this before then. And um, author types love pre-orders because yes, we love pre-orders. Pre-orders are wonderful. So if you want it and you are afraid you'll forget, if you wait till October 6th, go directly to Amazon or wherever it is you do your pre-ordering types of purchases from. And or you can also, I've been making a special plug um, lately. You can also go to your library if you okay. are someone who likes to get cookbooks out of your library, which is something I love to do and try them out. Um, go and check in with your librarian and see if they have it on order, if they're going to add it to their collection, because that's another really great way to um, get the word out. And yeah. I love libraries. So and, that's when, and if you don't ask for it, they might not think to stock it. Exactly. So, so that, that's a good know, thing to do too. Yeah, it really is. Well, that's a great tip. Well, this has been great. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Good luck with the book launch and your oh, month away. You. And maybe I'll see you in one of your, uh, if you make it over this way, maybe I'll see you. Yes, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me on You're the show. You're very it's been welcome. So fun. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to episode 63 of The Home Hour. If you want to find out more about some of the things Alana and I talked about today, you can check out the show notes. They're at thehomehour.com and just search for episode 63. I'll see you next time.